0: Uh, Words can't describe how humbled um, I am to be up here right now, but uh, Sherry and I are uh, just thrilled to be here. We're so impressed with this church and all facets, and a little bit about us. We got uh, three boys, they're men. We're from Newcastle, high school sweethearts, and uh, uh, we've been married 30 years, believe it or not. She's uh, put up with me that long for 30 years, so. This year, so uh, we are blessed, and so uh, we're at the point in life where uh, we've not only sent them off to college, now we're ready to kick them out of the house. <laughs> I'm joking, Grant, but <laughs> but uh, anyway, we're so proud of our boys, and uh, anyway, but um, ironically, uh, I am, uh, I didn't plan it this way, but I'm going to talk about the call of God uh, in the message today, and I'm going to give you a little bit of my... Uh, testimony as i do that because as as um d mentioned and jordan and sam i think if i got your name right i think i could have just dropped the mic after they after you spoke because a lot of that's in the message but the call of god for me has been came later in life and uh, has been one of the most humbling i'll say hair raising intimidating things i've ever done uh in, in my life and um so uh but i'm really excited sherry's excited as well about what the lord's got in store so i'm going to give it uh everything i got this morning and uh go home and watch the reds play and take a nap how's that sound but uh anyway uh so i want to look at the call of god today um, through a little old testament if we can go back i love the old testament Does anybody like the old testament i love old testament history i just uh I kind of gravitate there. I love New Testament, too. I just love God's Word, period. But I want to talk about uh, uh, the nation of Israel, specifically during the period of the Judges, and uh, look at uh, a section of Scripture in Judges chapter 6, uh, where Gideon, um, if you know the account of Gideon, um, was, was literally chosen by God to do this special, this special task. And it's a fascinating story. That I love, but before I get into it, let me give you a little bit of, little bit of history, just real quick. You know, the, the nation of Israel, um, through Joshua, you know, they conquered the promised land somewhere around twelve hundred uh, B.C. We'll say, and um, so likely the period of judges was right immediately after that, right? The Bible says that um, after Joshua and his generation, you know, the nation of Israel started the backslide, right? And there was this period of judges that, that came about where God led both men and women um, that were, were leaders for the nation of Israel. And, and one of those was, was Gideon. And so um, Gideon was somewhere in this time frame of uh, 1,200 to maybe 1,000 years before Christ. And, and a lot like the nation of Israel, you can't help but read, or nation of America, right? The great, I mean, we live in the greatest country in the world. Amen. But let's face it, our, our country's in, in, in certainly a moral decline. Um, and when I read about the nation of Israel, I can't help but draw parallels about things we see in our generation, right? But in, in this, this time period, you know, we've seen moral decline. We've seen where uh, the nation uh, had abandoned the Lord, literally. They weren't keeping him first. Um, there was this worship of this God called Baal that was really prevalent in in this time just just almost like they total abandoned totally abandoned the lord and in judges six this is how bad it was god said this uh he said the israelites did evils and evil in the eyes of the lord and for seven years this is what happened for seven years he literally gave uh, the Israelites into the hand of these people called the Midianites, who were a neighboring country that was coming in, that was bullying them, that was ravaging, that was stealing, that was killing and destroying and just really devastating the land. And it's right here in this context where we see this fascinating passage that we're going to get into this morning, where God literally appears to this guy named Gideon. And I'm going to, I'm going to read this real quick, and then I'm going to pray, pray over it, but uh, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to turn, turn to Judges 6. Uh, we'll start in verses 11 through 12, and then I'll come back to it here in a second. So take your time going there. But let me go ahead and read it. Verse 11, Judges chapter 6 says this. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah that belonged to Joash the Abizrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. And when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said this, and I just absolutely love this verse because this was really speaking to me and has spoke to me as I prepared it. it said, the Lord said this, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, we just love you. We just praise you. We just thank you, Lord, that you are always with us. Your word says you're always with us. You never leave us nor forsake us. We can rest in that. Lord, I just pray this morning as we look at this passage and how you spoke to Gideon and the call of God on his life and, and what you eventually did in his life. Lord, I, I humbly pray that you would just speak this morning to your church. Lord, that you would divide our soul and spirit, our joint and marrow. Lord, And your Holy Spirit, you would just speak. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what your spirit is saying. We just love you and praise you. And all God's people said... Amen. All right, I need you to talk with me a little bit this morning, all right? Can I help me out, okay? So, as I was kind of preparing and looking at this message and thinking about how all this happened, in my mind, I'm trying to get, put this together. Um, I've got an engineering background, so that's kind of how I'm wired, all right? I kind of I got to connect the dots a little bit. And so, how did God view this mighty warrior called Gideon? You know, why did he choose him? Why did he call him? How did Gideon view himself? You know, how do we view ourselves? You know, how do we view the purpose for us, our, our lives? You know, these are all kind of questions I hope to dig out of this uh, this message this morning. Because if you're like me, I, I, I view myself as imperfect, right? I view myself as unable. Anybody like that? I view myself as that I can't do this, I got limited abilities, or, or maybe somebody else could do that, I can't, I can't do that, you know, I, all kinds of I can'ts, right, as I kind of view myself, but I got news for you this morning, our God, amen, views us so much different, amen, are you with me this morning? Our God views us, views us so much different, and I really believe he's got an encouraging word for us this morning as a church. So let's get into this account of Gideon, this fifth judge of the nation of Israel uh, from this guy named Gideon. So I'm going to go to Judges 6 verses 11 through 16. So if you got your Bibles, if you would, I'm kind of old school. If you got your Bibles, it's kind of nice to have the word, right? Amen. But I get it. Everybody's a little bit younger generation might have your phones or maybe use your phones now, but I just, I still love the word, but I'm going to read off my manuscript because I can't see anymore. It's too small, so this is a little bigger down here. But anyway, I'm going to start in verse 12. The Lord appears to Gideon, and he says this, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. I just love this. And I love Gideon's response. He says this in verse 13. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian, these Midianite people. And I love this. The Lord then turns to him. It's almost like he was facing another direction. He literally like turns to him and it's like he, in my mind, it's like he looks at him face to face, eyeball to eyeball, and he says this, go in the strength of you have don't you love that say that with me go in the strength you have and he says uh, and he says this go ahead and save israel out of midian's hand am i not sending you this is what god's saying to him and then and you can then you see gideon kind of backpedaling he says pardon me my lord gideon replied but how can i save israel my clan is the weakest in Manassau, and i am the least in my family and the lord said this in verse 16 I will be with you, and you will strike down the Midianites, leaving none alive. Amen. I mean, can you picture, can you picture this encounter? I mean, Gideon's like most of us tomorrow. We're gonna to be going to work. He's in the middle of his day, and boom, this angel of the Lord, I personally believe it's Jesus Christ pre-incarnate, right? But that's another whole other topic and message. But this angel Lord shows up, and he commissions Gideon to go pick a fight, go pick a fight with this nation of Midianites that are that are ravaging the land, and I kind of like when I'm putting sermon messages together, I really like, I'm kind of playing with the sermon titles a little bit, and so I grew up in the 70s and 80s, okay, so I'm going to tell you my age, but but if you're like me, in the 70s, 80s, we didn't have reality TV programs, right? We had these things called sitcoms. Anybody remember what a sitcom is? <laughs> we had these shows, you know, on TV, like the, like the Brady Bunch, uh, you know, the, the, the Cosby show. We'll, we'll scratch that. Maybe that's not a good example. <laughs> but uh, um, I kind of caught myself uh, thinking about this sitcom back, back when I was growing up called Different Strokes. And if you remember this, this this sitcom um, had Gary Coleman in it, and he was, I think it was Arnold, if I remember his name right, and his brother Willis, and Gary Coleman was always famous, Arnold was always famous, him and Willis were getting in these these uh, different situations in life, he'd always, he'd always like puff up, and he'd go, what you talking about, Willis, you know, and he just, cheeks would puff up, and, you know, and it'd just be a hilarious, you know, moment in the sitcom, and I just... I caught myself thinking as I was putting this message together, isn't that Gideon? What you talking about, God? What do you mean? You want me to go pick a fight with the Midianites? You want me, the least of my tribe, the least of my family, to go take on 120,000 Midianites? You want, what you talking about, God? I mean, have you ever had that conversation with God? I have. I still do. I think I did this morning. Um, but God said, go in the strength you have, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And I just, I love that because he's telling him to go, not only go pick a fight, but these two statements, I've been just fastened in on this and literally the call of God. So let's look at this a little deeper. I got four points and I'm going to go through with respect to the call of God in our life. And the first one is God calls us into relationship. Amen. We all have a story of redemption, right? Right. We, every one of us, if you've accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and personal Savior, have a powerful testimony, right? God literally rescued us, literally, from, uh, from hell. I mean, eternal life because of Jesus Christ, our Savior, amen? None of us are exempt, not, not one person. We, the Bible says all have fallen short of the holy standards. All have fallen short of the glory of God. We needed a Savior, and that was Jesus Christ. And if you look at Gideon, you certainly don't see perfection when you study Judges 6 through 8. And I'll kind of go through this, and you can, you can look, reference it later. But if you look at Judges 6, verse 13, you see a lack of faith. Gideon puts the Lord to the, with these little different tests and these confirmations in verse 13. If you look at... Uh, Uh, Verse 25, you see that his father and his house, they had Baal worship right outside their front porch. I mean, this guy was not a model for perfection. And if you go on in chapter 8, it says, get this, he had 70 sons of his own because he had many wives. I mean, this guy had problems, right? I mean, he was not perfect. I mean, he had some issues. His spiritual house was certainly not in order. Order. And he had some issues, right? This is hilarious. I was I was walking through where I work at Chrysler in Kokomo and um, I was walking through the plant this week and uh, I see this guy walk through the plant and he has what this had to be his favorite t-shirt, okay? Because it was faded. He probably wore it hundreds of times, I'm guessing, but it had Spider-Man on the front, and at the very bottom of it says, I have issues. <laughs> and I just start I just started dying laughing. I wish i had have thought about it. Where'd you get that? Because I want to preach in that shirt on Sunday. <laughs> because it was just absolutely hilarious. I mean, because isn't that us? I mean, I know it's me. I have issues, right? I mean, we all have issues. We can all put ourselves there. This testimony of grace that Jesus, our Savior, has covered us in this beautiful and powerful thing called grace. I mean, it's almost... It's almost incomprehensible a little bit for me to grasp the magnitude of why Jesus would do this. But he did, right? You know, we're a fallen creation. We needed this Savior. Romans 3 says, verse 23 says that we've, that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory, right? The glory of God. Romans 5, 8 says that God literally demonstrated his love for us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen so why why would christ do this what might be the reason and i want to submit to you this morning i think one of the most powerful reasons he would do this is he wants a relationship amen with us his creation his love for us i mean jerome spent a lot of time in the gospel of john and john 15 talks about it even goes as deep to say that jesus was going to call us his friends amen He calls us, literally, he's not going to call us anything. uh, He's going to lay down his life for one of his friends. He says, you are my friends because you do what I command. I no longer call you servants. I'm going to call you a friend because you know my business. Isn't that awesome? I mean, he's the good shepherd, right? And in 2 Peter, it talks about, I love this verse too, it talks about how he literally doesn't want anyone to perish, and he wants everyone to come. To everlasting life. And we see this, and we see this in Gideon. The angel of the Lord shows up, Jesus shows up in this instant mercy, right? He didn't have it all figured out. We see instant forgiveness, an instant renewal, a, a restored relationship. We see this, this, this exchange, this handing off of the baton for this mission to Gideon and says, the Lord, this is what he told him, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Just like instant encouragement an extension of this mercy, you know, and again, Gideon was a lot like us. He didn't have everything all figured out. He didn't have maybe the education to do what he was supposed, to, the Lord was calling him to do. You know, we don't see that. We don't see training. We don't see uh, um Anything in the context of the Bible that was literally preparing him for this mission, this assignment, this defining moment, all is I, um, if you're like me, I like to have all my eyes dotted, my T's crossed. Before I do something, I want it, I want to be prepared, right? But we don't necessarily see this with Gideon, but the Lord had to see something in him. And honestly, I believe the Lord sees something in you and me, as well this morning, which really leads me to my next point, that God not only calls us, but he calls us into action, right? He called Gideon into action out of the entire nation of Israel. Entire nation, think about that. He literally picked this guy named Gideon. Why would he do this? I kind of picture in my mind, you know, God saying, I'm going to see if this guy do it you know maybe he's passed over several people they didn't do it I wonder but I'm gonna see if this guy will do it and I kind of caught myself thinking how many times has he said that to me and passed over right you know what I mean is he getting tired of waiting on us is he getting tired of waiting on me but let's take a look at this and see what we can try to understand from Gideon's um, in Judges 6 through 8. So on a a big picture level, on a macro level, if you look at this section of Scripture, the first thing we see in terms of God, right, trying to figure out God's call, is we see His tremendous love and loyalty to the nation of Israel, right? They were disobedient again. They were prostituting themselves to this Baal, God, and worship. They literally turned their back on God But Romans eleven kind of gives us a glimpse of what God, uh, how God processes and how God, uh, God thinks about specifically the nation of Israel in terms of the call and calling us into action. And this is what the apostle Paul says in Romans eleven, verse twenty eight through twenty nine. As far as the gospel is concerned, talking about Israel, they are enemies on the account uh, on your account. Okay, back in Paul's day, but as far as election. Okay, As far as election is concerned, they are loved, this nation of Israel, they are loved on account of the patriarchs for God's gifts. Say that with me. For God's gifts and, say this, his call are irrevocable. Say that, are irrevocable. God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. And he loved the nation of Israel because his gifts and his call to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, that, that, that commissioning that he gave to them was irrevocable. You know, they too were, 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 were men and families with problems, right? And mercy covered them. But Paul is saying right here, in terms of God, on a macro level, his love for Israel, even to this day, right now, even to this day, 3,000 years later, he still loves the nation of Israel like he did back in this day amen that is our God because he doesn't take anything back on a macro level we see that when we look at Gideon but on a micro level a little more specific it's a little more difficult for me to process when he when he calls Gideon he says hey I'm with you mighty warrior how do we how do we understand that I, and, I'll, and I'll be honest with you. This is a little di- more difficult for uh, I think for us to stand. We can't necessarily understand the mind of God, right? But he does tell us in Romans uh, chapter nine. This is Paul again saying that he has, God, the Potter, has the right to make some some lump of clay. For, for, ah, I'll get this out. He has the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common use this is God right he, he certainly and we see this throughout the Bible he picks certain people for special tasks right and you might argue that Gideon was one of those 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 individuals was certainly special I mean he was he was certainly picked for a special mission right to rescue this nation of Israel from this evil these evil gangsters um, but I kind of caught myself thinking, okay, yeah, I can see that, but I also can see maybe God picked him because he's just a common guy, right? He's just a common everyday person just like maybe you and me, nothing special. From a small tribe, right? The least of his family. He wasn't significant. And I think sometimes we as Christians, we get this we get this all messed up. I do. We view the call of God as this something that's reserved for the superstars, right? Billy Graham, right? Joyce Myers, you know, Martin Luther King, you know, all these great men and women that just did supernatural and are still doing it. And even if you look at the Bible, you look at these, like, the judges, Deborah was right before Gideon, right? Uh, Throughout the Bible, we kind of, like you know we put these people on a pedestal that that then they they certainly did amazing things and but we kind of discount ourselves if you're like me i kind of discount myself i say i'm not called to do this or i can't do that or that's for somebody else right you know i'm just an everyday average person i'm not anointed to do that you know for me Anointed, Being anointed to preach is something that's been difficult for me. I've struggled with this. You know, I don't have anybody in my family that's a, that's a pastor, right? My grandpa was a farmer. My other grandpa was a, was a factory worker. My dad was a factory worker. And so, you know, I, all I knew was to work. You know, I didn't think about preaching for for a second. So when the Lord started calling on me, it freaked me out. I mean, it totally messed me up. It messed my wife up. It messed my kids up. And if we'd had a dog, it would have messed the dog up. But it came out of nowhere. But we have to understand as, as Christians that we can't discount ourselves, right? We have to understand that, that we all have a calling. And I want to give you a couple uh, verses here. Hebrews 3.11 says, that we literally share in the heavenly calling. It says, therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. We share in it. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we share in it. First Peter says this. This goes even a little deeper, and it might even, might even be a little more hair-raising for you. He says this: that we are literally a chosen people. That's us, brothers and sisters in Christ. And he goes on to say, we're a royal priesthood. Now, that might really mess you up, right? You're a priest. I'm a priest. We're all supposed to be priests, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession. Why is that? He tells us right here so that we can proclaim the excellencies of him, right? It's all about him who's called us out of darkness into a marvelous light. That's what we're chosen to do, amen? That's why he died for us. That's why he wants a relationship with us. And he chose us to proclaim these excellencies. That's the God we serve. It don't matter if you're the least in your family. It don't matter if you're from the smallest of your tribe. Because we serve a big God. Amen? You may have heard this term. um, God does not call the equipped. Amen? But he equips the called that really leads me to my, my third point, that God equips us when he gives us these assignments. He gives Gideon this assignment. He says, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you, mighty warrior, that God equips us. He equipped Gideon. So how does he do this? I just want to go through this. Ephesians 4, uh, verses 7 through 8 talks about this. When Jesus literally died, right, and when he rose ascended into heaven, the Bible says this, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and he gave gifts to his people. Amen? That's what Jesus did. So how does he equip us? He gives us gifts. Apostles, he goes on in Ephesians, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. You know, those all sound great, right? And they are great. But what about the rest of us, the common folk, right? What about all of us, the brothers and sisters? It goes on to expand on this. In Ephesians 4, verse 16, it talks about the whole body, that's us, is joined and held together by every supporting ligament. We grow together. We build each other up in love as each part, right, does its work. And I think one of the things that's really attracted us to Radiant Life, Sherry and I, is, is we've seen this in this church. Man, what a beautiful representation of the body of Christ. If you look at all the ministry in this church, it's my, have you ever wrote it down what all going on in this church? It's, it's, it's incredible. I mean, look at the spectrum. Kids, youth, young adults, women, men, small groups, counseling, outreach, missions, Dinner's on us, Friday nights. The worship team, we are so blessed. Worship team's incredible. Prayer and intercession. We have prayer warriors in this church. We have people serving food. We have preparation. I mean, we have greeters. We have hospitality. I mean, this church is so blessed with so many servants that are inside the call of God, performing different tasks and functions. That this church, I really believe, is on a, a unique mission. And it's no accident that we're all here this morning. Amen. And we see this in Gideon and Judges. If you go on in verse 14, another verse that really spoke to me as I was preparing this. The Lord said to him, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. I am, am I not sending you? And then Gideon gives him the, what you talking about, Willis thing. He says, pardon me, Lord. I can't do this. I can't save Israel. But God says, no, you will do this. You will go in the strength you have. And Gideon was like us. He was vacillating, saying, Lord, I have no strength. That's not my calling, blah, 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 right? That's us. If you're like me. You know, I think as Christians, we're like professional, we're professionals at this. Let me pray about it. That's not my calling. You know, sometimes we even use scripture to back up these things, right? We're professionals. I'm a professional excuse maker. Maybe I'm just preaching to myself. I don't have the ability to to do this, to do that. Not my talent. But one of the things I've had to learn that's been hard for me is that to see God's power in action, one of the things I gotta learn to do, I had to learn, is I gotta learn to submit, right? We don't like that word. <laughs> we don't like that word. I had to learn that it was totally about him and not about me. Amen. Cause when I was when I was called into ministry, it was late in life, and I and uh, you know, I had this fear of failure. <laughs> I remember the church I was at. And my, uh, my spiritual father, some of you know him, uh, Pastor Barry LeBlanc, and um, he's just been such an encouragement to me. And um, I remember when I first started, he gave me these cheesy little, I shouldn't say cheesy, he gave me these tasks. He gave me like the introduction and the closing of the service. And, and, um, and I, I was terrified. I, you know, I, I just wasn't comfortable being in front of people. And um, but he was doing that to kind of push me out, right? Get me out of my comfort zone. And I remember after like the second or third time, and I just botched it. I forget what I did. I could have like curled up in a ball underneath the front, front pew. And um, I remember going home and uh, uh, telling Sherry, I think I'm done. <laughs> and I got a text from him. He wanted to come over and see, it, see me. And um, I thought, that's it, I'm done. And, and uh, it's over. This was quick. And... Uh, He'd come over, and and he sat down at the table, and I remember Sherry being upstairs and just kind of dying to know what he was going to say. And he um, he come over, and he said, Pat, I just want you to know you're doing a great job. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? Are you on the same planet I'm on? But he was encouraging me, but I had to get over this because God likes to work in our weaknesses, amen? And this is what we see in Gideon. He says that God said this in in Judges 7. You have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into your hands or Israel Israel will boast about me. My own strength has saved me. And so God said this. Now announce to the army anyone who trembles with fear may turn back, right? Turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So get this. Gideon had 32,000 strong army. 22,000 men leave right, right then like that. What kind of army is that? But that's what God wanted, right? He wanted Gideon get, get to submit. He wanted him to go in the strength he had. And I really believe with all my heart, this is his word for us this morning. He's asking us to go in the strength we had. And I mean, and maybe you're like me. This has been a wild year. I mean, come on, with the the pandemic and everything going on, the news and depression and anxiety and everything we see right now, you know, maybe you're like me, I mean, you just don't have any gas left in the tank sometimes, right? The Lord is encouraging us this morning. He's saying, go in the strength you have, because, I mean, let's face it, we have to come to that realization, and I know this church has been through a lot, even this week, looking at some of the prayer requests right I know there's some heavy prayer requests, but let me ask you this this question if if like Gideon you know the Lord came to visit you today maybe on your your back porch or driving or maybe it's tomorrow what what is what is he telling you what what is he speaking to you maybe about your gifts and your call I mean is he Is he asking you to just maybe be a friend to somebody? Is he asking you to just maybe go listen to somebody? Or or maybe serve in a different way or different capacity, get plugged into something, to stretch out of your comfort zone, right? Or maybe you're just playing more out with everything you're dealing with uh, in in your family, in your finances, or or in in your health, a lot of health issues, and you just need some strength. One of the things we have to understand is that God's gift and His call is irrevocable for us, right? And that we can't discount it. We have to challenge ourselves here. These gifts and these calls that He's put inside of us, He will not take them back, right? He will not take them back. And I believe with all my heart this morning that these two things—if you get nothing else out of this message—He is telling you right now. Go in the strength you have. He is with you, mighty warrior. And I'm, I'm going to kind of uh, wrap this up here because my last point is going to be a homework assignment for you, okay? God calls us into relationship. God calls us into action. God equips us. But lastly, he calls us into victory, right? And I don't have time to go into it this morning, but st- I want you to read this story of Gideon because it's, it's absolutely hilarious, first of all. But God calls us to be victorious. He literally took on the Midianites after he struck them, or he he had 22,000 guys leave. He said, that's still too many, and he, he takes it down to 300, and he takes on this Midianite nation with 300 men and annihilates them, annihilates them. That's what Gideon did, and that's what God is telling us this morning, is that he's calling us to victory this morning because God loves to work through us right imperfect fallen creation that's us and he likes to do the supernatural through us is it okay if I be real with you as I close here I, you know I gotta walk through this message if I'm gonna get up here and, and, and preach it right I have these I have these weird prayers. You know, sometimes when I'm praying over the call of God, I kind of just want to do it real quick. Because <laughs> I don't necessarily want to hear what he's got to say, right? I'm afraid he's going to put me in some remote corner of the world, you know? And I kind of caught myself thinking that as I was... I was doing this, and the Lord put me on a verse of Scripture that I've never connected with before like this. It's in 2 Peter, and it talks about uh, chapter 1, verse 10, confirming our calling and election. He says this, therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort, this is what Peter says, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, because if you do these things, you'll never stumble. You will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. The New King James says it like this. Be even more diligent to make your call and your election sure. Wow. And I studied this out. I'm like, I I, I wanted to know a little more. The Greek word for sure here, and I'll butcher this, is baban. Doesn't really matter. But here's what it means is a word for confirming something, as in legal terminology, such as validating a will. So in other words, what Peter is saying here is that our calling is a validation of what Christ did in extending grace to you and me in our relationship to Him. Amen? It is our response to this grace, and it makes us effective and productive as His ambassadors in the Holy Spirit was using this terminology to suggest it's almost like it's binding, right? Like we have a binding call to be his agents, to be his ambassadors. I mean, you may be saying, okay, I, I'm not called to be whatever, you know? And that's fine, but we need to challenge ourselves as Christians. Are we, are we using those gifts, right? that are irrevocable. Are we using, are we inside the call? Again, that's irrevocable. He's not going to take it back. He's given us all gifts. And I know there's some servants sitting out here listening to this. And I know there's so much this church is talented. This church has got so many gifts. I think his word, I don't think, I know his word this morning is he's challenging us to say, Are we inside that totally, 100%, because they are literally irrevocable? Close your eyes with me as we close. I just want to ask a couple questions here as we close. If everybody would close, every pie close, please. I just want to ask, first of all, is there anyone here that maybe hasn't accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior? Does not have a relationship with the King of Kings, with the greatest man that ever walked the face of the earth. His name was Jesus Christ that died on the cross for you and me. In a second, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come out of your seat. I'm not going to make this last a long time. But I, I, I would not feel right to let you leave this Church, without saying yes or at least having an opportunity to say yes to Jesus Christ so I'm going to ask that question one more time and I'm going to ask if if that's you to raise your hand not accept that Jesus Christ your Lord and personal Savior I want to ask you just raise your hand real quick I'm not going to embarrass you I'm not going to ask you to step out of your seat I just want to pray with you in fact we'll all pray with you is there anybody here maybe you just want to rededicate your life to Christ just want to refresh inside the inside your relationship with him is there anybody here just like prayer for a rededication of your life with Christ anyone here heavenly father Lord Jesus we just thank you first of all for dying for us that living that perfect life and dying that horrifying death, raising from the dead, doing everything you said you would do to be in our Messiah, our Savior, Lord, so that we could have a relationship with you. How could we ever pay you, Lord, back? We can. not But one way we can is living inside the gifts and the call that you've called us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the gifts and the calling inside this church. Father, I thank you. There's so many brothers and sisters here right now that are that are using these gifts, that are inside your call. Lord, I, we accept the challenge this morning. Lord, Lord, we accept the challenge, the words you've spoken to us this morning. Lord, that we need to confirm it. Lord, that we need to make sure that we're inside this, this, this binding agreement with you and using our gifts and our call. So, Lord, Lord, I pray that right now over this, this body of Christ, over these brothers and sisters, Lord, both young and old. Lord, I pray over the kids. Lord, I pray over the youth ministry, Lord, of this church. Lord, I pray over the adults, the small groups that are launching, Lord, all the outreach ministries, Lord, that are happening in this church, Lord. I pray over them, the people behind the scenes, Lord, that are serving faithfully. Uh, cleaning the church, Lord, they're in food preparation, Lord, there's so many facets of ministry, Lord, I pray over this church, Lord, I pray over the leaders, Lord, we got great leaders, we're blessed with godly men and women that, that are on their face for this church, Lord, your protection over them, Lord, as leaders that they would guide us, we pray over Jerome and Heather and his family as well, Lord, as they lead us, Lord, as they lead us in, inside our gifts and our call, Lord, that you speak into them as well, Lord. Heavenly Father, I know, I know there's a great thing happening here. I know you're at work. I just pray this week, Lord, as we let this, this message kind of simmer in our spirits, Lord, that maybe things would surface, maybe thoughts would come in in, in, in our spirits, Lord, of different ways you are wanting us to serve, maybe even to stretch us in some way. I just love you, Father. We love you, Father. We love you, Holy Spirit. We love you, Lord Jesus, we just thank you. And all God's people said, amen. The Lord is with you. Mighty warriors, go in the strength you have.